This podcast is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee, the absolute best coffee you can drink. Check out their smoked blends and their conventional blends at oldsmokescoffee.com. Use promo code NONTYPICAL for a wicked discount. T-Rex Knives, local and handcrafted knives built right here in Alberta, Canada. Our hunting knives, fillet knives, and kitchen knives here at the T-Rex shop are custom built for each individual. We take great pride in our craftsmanship and produce an outstanding product made from high quality steel and finished with your choice of a large selection of handle material. Find us at Trax Knives on Instagram or Facebook or on the web at www.traxknives.com or contact Joe at 780-831-5273 or by email at traxknives at gmail.com to place your custom order from the T-Rax shop. You will not be disappointed. Smith Game Calls, guys. Support local. Support an Alberta company, a Canadian company. Check out smithgamecalls.ca for all your game call needs. Use promo code NONTYPICAL for 15% off your order. Very generous of the folks at Smith Game Calls. Check it out today, guys. smithgamecalls.ca and thank us later. This podcast is brought to you by Tacticam. I just unboxed my brand new Spotter LR. I haven't seen one of these things before. Showed up on the doorstep and I am super excited to try it out. It's this nifty little nine ounce, tiny discreet camera with any any and all attachments you need to attach it to any spotting scope out there. It films in 4K, has zoom, connects to Wi-Fi, all that cool stuff, and again, it's just nine ounces, so it's not going to get in the way on uh, those long pack trips. Check out Tacticam at Tacticam.com for all your self-filming products. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. And we are back, guys, with another podcast. This is more than likely the final podcast that we will just record audio on. The next one's going forward. We're planning on recording and releasing all of the videos to the podcast. So that's super exciting. Yeah, we're, we're going big time here. We're going big time, we're going man. digital. We literally just sat here for like the last hour. Just uh, basically sort of the last the details. four podcast nights. We've done like an hour long. Yeah. Figure out of what we're going to do here. Well, everything's sort of finally coming, you know, come coming to shape and um, the pieces are coming together. And we're hoping to record our next podcast in a week from today or less. And uh, we'll be filming that one and then publishing all the videos on YouTube, on our webpage, and, nice and quick. Uh, everything else. Yeah. yeah. So really, really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, changing things up a bit, we've recorded right around 50 podcasts since we started this. I think between all the ones we ended up, because we, we, at the beginning, we backlogged a bunch. Like we, we did, we, we did like a couple a week and then we missed a few weeks. I think we've done almost 60. Like we're probably right. I think this is 44, 45. Yeah. And we've, we've missed out on about 10 that haven't Oh, really? Haven't Have there been out. that many that we didn't yeah, release? Just, uh, there might be just under 10, like 7, 8, 9, something like that, that we, they never just, they just didn't make it. You know, we had just stuff fall through, COVID, whatever yeah. else. 
failure to failure to launch on the audio yeah stuff yeah. like that well our our plan at the start of this like when so we released i think the first couple podcasts in december of 2019 and when we started it what we had anticipated to do was just stockpile the podcasts we were yeah. like you know one week if we can record two or three let's do it next week if we can record one great and then let's just stockpile them and release them the same day every 10 days or yeah. whatever well, and then we realized we that had to maintain that goal of every seven to ten days yes right? we didn't want to be the the guys that did one podcast and then didn't do another one for three months and then do one maybe the next week and then not another one for another couple months yeah right we wanted to be consistent and it's it's very easy to to fall us you know just lose that consistency sometimes you got to force yourself to do it well and we've had to do it right where we've, we've just gone to. weeks where just life gets crazy and it's like okay we got to we just got to get it done always during hunting season well, absolutely <laughs> i've talked to a few people um about the podcast lately in the last you know few weeks and um you know i always say our goal is to record one a week release one every 10 days yeah. if we can get three released in a month that's great but come hunting season it gets to be a little trickier because you know especially in that that bear season um september where the evenings are longer you can hunt till 10 o'clock at night so when we have a free evening we're out hunting yeah we can't we can't be wait for lack of a better word wasting an evening recording a podcast yeah a good evening yeah but but that's when we got to say hey you know if we got some rain tonight let's maybe scrap the hunting and let's record a podcast yeah um so yeah our plan early on was to stockpile them release them consistently and then we realized it's almost better for us to to talk about like the current events what's going on today and just and do them in real time. Do them in real time and release yeah. them within a day or so. And that's what we've been doing. Yeah, it's been much easier. You know, we, we, we didn't, well, we're both new to this podcast stuff when we started. We didn't really know. I found myself like trying to like gather a list of things to talk about in my head even. Yeah. And then like forced conversation. And we found maybe maybe 20 in. I feel like we just sort of caught this this wave and... For it, sure. It's gone very smooth since. Yeah. You know, we've had a few that maybe one guy was off one or the other way, but... Uh, man, it, it all boils down to coffee. If you don't have enough coffee... Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, if you don't have enough coffee, it makes it tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the start, like, I would print out sheets of papers and notes that I wanted to go over and this and that, and they're good to have, but at the end of the day, you got to have just a good flowing conversation. Yeah. You know? Um, I was even thinking of cheating a bit and getting a, a whiteboard just with topics and stuff that I want to go over that week because sometimes you'll burn through a 90-minute podcast and you'll be like, oh, shit, I wanted to talk about this, and yeah. then you totally miss it. Yeah, and I think it's good to have like some bullet points maybe. Yeah. Like, hey, we should talk about this, this, and this. And then you know, it's okay if you get hung up on like two or three. Um, yes. And, and that's usually what happens is you know we get to subject two or subject three, and then we're sort of... 90 minutes in and it's yeah. like, well, crap, we, you know, we didn't get to the next few points. But. And so we record our ads at the start of every podcast, every, every podcast we record, we re-record the ads. And like you said, it's sort of like a roller coaster ride. You just got to get going and then you peak and then you're good to go. Right. And I don't get it when we start the podcast anymore 
Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely used to yeah. like, get butterflies, get nervous before we started. Like, okay, here we go. You know, don't slip up on words. Don't say <laughs> yeah. anything stupid. Um, but now I really only get it with the ads and it's because, and it's not, it's not nothing serious, but it's probably just because we laugh at each other and we make, yeah. when we make the mistake yeah, yeah. and it almost always takes two or three. For sure. And it's good. Like we were talking about it last time. Like, you know, we don't have to, now we have so many ads. We probably don't have to record them. Yeah. But I like to because it's it's a good warm up. It's like a warm up. And so, you know, five minutes ago when we're recording the ads, I started with my Tacticam ad and I'm talking, talking and talking. And we don't write any of this down. It's all free flowing. Yeah. And it's just like a roller coaster. You get going. It sounds good. You feel like you're talking good. And then, you know, you're getting through it, getting through it. And you're just going up. And the more the further you get into the ad the more nervous you get that you're going to oh, say okay. something yeah, yeah, yeah. and screw it all up, right? And then you just, you know, you get to the end, say the promo code, the website, whatever. And then you're flowing And you're just, you're out of the weeds. You're yeah. good. Yeah. And that's sort of how podcasts are too. It is, you know, yeah, we, to an extent. We found, you know, that the earlier minutes in the podcast seem to be a little bit tougher. And then once you get to like that sort of halfway or a third through sometimes you catch a yeah. rhythm with yeah, some people gatherings just like a roller coaster yeah going up gathering some momentum the worst for me is is live videos on facebook yeah because you hit record there's people watching live right now and and you can't like there's it's go time yeah like you can't like we don't we don't edit the podcast at all but um, the commercials, at least we can redo those if they don't sound too good. And sometimes we'll redo them a couple times, but those live videos, man, um, I still, I struggle with them and I, I don't do them often. I, I think I did one a week ago or something, and that's the first one I've done in like a year, but yeah. that was, uh, it was stressful, man. Well, and, <laughs> but it's almost good too. Cause you almost just get through it. Yeah. Like, do you think you produce better quality? sometimes of content when you're when just you're, put on the spot yeah so i was actually gonna say compared to like doing a like doing a video just nine times because yes so when you know that you can re-record it i feel like if if you got to do something once you're gonna do better once if you know you can't re-record it yeah. than if you know you can re-record it yeah um because yeah i'll have videos that i got to put on facebook and i'll record them like four or five times just because I'm like, okay, no, I, I said that word wrong. I want to redo this. But Joe with T-Rex Knives, he does, uh, do you see his live videos? He does every yeah, yeah. single he day in, everything his, live in his shop. In the morning, yeah. And uh, he is like, it's like you're sitting down for coffee with the guy. He's so calm about it and, yeah. um, you know, no stuttering and just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. So that's what sort of inspired me to do that one the other day. But, uh, yeah, even then, I think I'm just gonna stick to the recorded videos and, and put. Them I, on. Uh, you know, I really enjoy doing the podcast, but I just feel like nobody gives a shit about what I'm doing if I'm having coffee in the morning. Yeah, like nobody's gonna <laughs> yeah, watch me. Like nobody wants to have coffee with me. But but with Joe, like he's making new knives every. Yeah, single Joe's day. an interesting guy. He's talking about the different handles he's working on and the different blades, and he's asking people, you know, what they prefer, and he's doing giveaways every yeah, other day. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. So um, pretty cool. We used to do a lot of live videos, like when we first started the non-typical nation page in 2017 or 18, do you well, remember that? That was sort of when live videos just came on Facebook. Yeah. Like that was sort of the Facebook. thing you had to do to get some, 
some promo out of it, right? Like, yeah. you, it's like live videos are the way to to get reach on your page. And so we really did. We really pushed for the live videos. And I remember doing a few. So our plan, what what we had sort of planned to do was literally live video our whole bear season. Yeah. And get it all on film. But yeah, the, that's right. Or are we? Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure we we're trying to live video everything, like it's, our baiting and everything. And I remember and having on remember the, story. We, the one day we spent climbing up that tree trying to get service in yeah. the in the at the bear bait. You had your yeah. bear at this spring. Yeah. We were up in that tree stand I built. There was like 30 feet in a tree, and you you're, you're you trying sort to of had one for, bar. Yeah, sometimes. had one bar trying yeah. to go live on Facebook and. Yeah, yeah, no, because the thing with live, I don't know if it still does, but it used to notify everybody who follows that yeah. page. And that's huge, man. Like if yeah. you have, then we probably had 3,000 people that followed the page, 2,000 maybe. So then it would notify everybody, which I don't know if it still does that. But if it does, that's huge. Yeah, I don't follow many pages except ours, and I get a notification from ours, but that might just be. My I don't know settings. if it does. Because now that I think about it, I don't get notified with Joe's. I see him on the news feed. Maybe but, it's uh, random now because I, I've gotten notifications from Joe, um, but I don't get them every day. Okay. So maybe it's just a Facebook thing. It's, yeah. it's something, the algorithm. Man, the algorithm. All, all hail the algorithm. Have you noticed that you followed a page before and then just randomly you're like, oh, I followed the, I was on this page 10 days ago and I followed it and all of a sudden it says I don't follow or like the page. Have you noticed that you follow just random shit that you would have never clicked follow or like on? Yeah. So what I chop that up as is me following some random page at one point that i did follow and then that page sold out or they changed oh, the name of the page yeah did you hear what happened to hoyt their instagram instagram got hacked got hacked and, and on their story it said buy this page for like 200 dollars. yeah i saw i saw some screenshots man and they were deleting posts That's, deleting instagram posts so i others. i tried searching them up i couldn't find them amy seen it she I reported saw, it. I didn't see it. I saw some one of the uh, one of the Hoyt guys I follow was reposting it on his story. Man, that is like yeah. detrimental to a brand. Yeah, you know, fortunately Hoyt is, you know, they're Hoyt. Yeah. So they don't they don't live solely on their Instagram, but uh and they have a lot of support, but that's crazy that somebody can gain access, you know, to their to the largest part of their their advertising potentially, right? It's scary. And you know what it probably, like what it is, is Hoyt um, subcontracts their social media out to a company or mm-hmm. to somebody, right? And then that somebody. Well, it could have been, it could, it could be a guy that works in the office that just does the Instagram. Maybe he lost his cell phone. Yeah, exactly. Right? It could be as simple as that. Yeah. There's a lot of pages, big company pages that are ran by the guy that manages the company and you know, he just posts on his story and yeah. does all the social media right on his own personal cell phone. And you know how many t- how easy is it to get your Facebook hacked? Yeah. Right? Any of that stuff. So if you're running business pages just on a personal cell phone, I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but it you know it's, it's almost hard. scary, man. Like when you got a page. Do you know how many followers they had on Instagram? Oh, I don't know, probably a lot. Like I'm sure they had twenty K plus. So they have a, a Hoyt um competitive archery page or something and it has over a hundred thousand on oh, yeah. instagram yeah 
So I'm assuming their main page probably had like a, I'm just spewing numbers, guys. I have no idea. Probably had a quarter million. That's yeah, half probably a, a way closer number. That's like just to have access and have control over account with that many people. Yeah. Is insane. Like that's a lot of people. And to build up to get there, it takes a long time, even if you are Hoist. Well, and then to go back and you know, you can go deep in this, but you're deleting. If you're deleting somebody else's post, you're deleting history, you're deleting documentation, you know, all those comments, any photos with other businesses tagged, yeah. people tagged. You're taking away intellectual property of somebody's. So what's happening here? Is that someone... stuff holds value, right? It's not just a picture that's liked 10,000 times. Yeah. It has some kind of business value even, right? Yeah, but the the access to that many followers is worth a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. A lot of money cuz those are real followers. Those aren't bot followers, right? So um, you know what what the plan is I'd imagine for the people who hacked is they erase all the content, you know, just give it a generic name like I love dogs and then you sell the page on wherever on the dark web or some shit yeah and someone buys the page for their business or whatever and there you go they have half a million followers yeah and uh no it's it's scary man like well, building this... up a page like we've worked hard to even get to i think with our social media combined we're at like thirty-five thousand, and and it's hard to freaking get there man um now hoyt obviously they are a huge corporation right they've got got product all over the the nation and well, um, and, and all, um all pro, over the pro world. staff with millions of followers yeah exactly right so obviously a little like how many how many followers like does cam haynes have on his instagram yes like one point some million yeah maybe is he more. still shooting hoyt i think so yeah he is yeah i don't i think he's hoyt till he dies yeah 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 um dudley changed last year to uh PSE. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Dudley's whole thing is, um, you know, he just wanted to to make the best bow possible, and okay, I think Hoyt sort of wanted to to stay the designer, the main designer. I see. And uh, this is just what I gather from paying attention to the situation yeah. when it happened last year. Um, you know, PSE let him basically revolutionize, build his own bow. Interesting. Right? Yeah. PSE needed that. They did, yeah, they were absolutely. Always sort of known as yeah. like the the lower budget brand that was like, it was like the guy get you by, second in line. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. They needed that. Yeah, because when I heard that, I'm like, holy shit, PSC, and then I thought, well, fuck, PSC is gonna get a bit of a boost for sure. Yeah, well, and and Dudley's gets a boost too, right? Yeah, big boost. So. Yeah, interesting. And the and there's so much, so much. I don't know what the word is. There's like. So many proud Hoyt guys, so many proud PSE guys, so yeah. many proud Matthews guys, so many proud APA guys. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like an ego thing, right? Just like guns, just like cars, just For like sure. anything else. Yeah. And so, you know, you play into that little game and, and you're gaining. Yeah. You're gaining either way, right? Yeah. Whether you're the winner or the loser out of the situation. Well, you know, it's... Even it's... cancel culture, you're gaining Yeah. these days, right? Publicity is publicity. Yeah, and it's, you know, our species, we just want to be a part of 
a tribe. Yeah, it's That's all what tribal. it is, right? It's team, team, <laughs> me, my team, your team. And I love it. Everyone loves it, right? You just can't, you can't take it too. But serious. you can rec- if you recognize it, you don't take it seriously. It's all good. Yeah. But if you're ignorant to it, yes, it gets dangerous and it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, APA, man, it's nice to like they've just really taken strides over the last few years. Um, I was talking to them last week and they've actually had one of like their last two years have been the best in sales they've ever had. And majority of them, majority are coming from the States. Um, and we notice that in their boat. They usually yeah. have a little Canada flag. As yeah, there's their, no more uh, Maple Leaf broadhead. No more Maple adjuster. Leaf on the uh, on the broadhead wrench. Yeah. Notice that right away. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't look to see if there's still a Maple Leaf on the riser or on the limbs. Oh, okay. Because I believe mine has one. I could be wrong. No, now yeah. that I think of it. But uh, yeah, not not a <laughs> not a big fan of that decision. But you know, whatever whatever you got to do, you got to do. I like I like to be proudly Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Well, a nice thing with them too is is you give them a call and you're talking to the guy who's gonna build your bow. Yeah. You yeah. know, who's gonna pour the mold for your your you know the the risers for everything. And um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. And hey, if you live in Saskatchewan, you can drive right there, or I live anywhere for that matter. You can drive right to their factory where they build yep. it, and they're building bows twenty four seven they're punching them out there it's incredible incredible so um yeah no i just got mine and uh thoroughly impressed with it i'm glad i got that micro tune system i can adjust the cams i uh, i flung a couple arrows through it but not really many yet um i haven't even adjusted the sight or anything i've got some work to do so yeah hopefully uh, this week well spring creeps up quick it does man i gotta get back to shooting too it does yeah yeah, we'll have to uh, get some targets set up and get flinging some arrows for sure. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, well, I don't think I'll be packing a rifle at all this year, depending on what the the situation is in the mountains. Yeah, we go bear hunting, but uh, yeah, no, I'd like to just just carry a bow all spring. Yeah. Um, tag wise for the fall, are you drawing any tags this year? Do you have much going on in that front? I won't draw a moose tag because I've drawn a moose tag now three years in a row. Um. And it hasn't worked out. So I'm going to go back to archery because it seems like the last three years I've had nothing but archery opportunities. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I don't, I'm don't. i not really up there for anything else. I probably four or five points for mule deer. So maybe draw it. But I don't I don't want to because I want to go down south Yeah. and do uh, archery mule deer. So yeah. probably not going to draw anything. We'll see if I have U points. I might have a non-trophy sheep. So points. can you hold a non-trophy take and a yep. ram take? Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. So I could kill both. You could. You wouldn't. Enough. Yeah. Unless you had a, a really good friend with you. Yeah. But uh, not on the same trip anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, you can you can have both tags. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's the nice thing about Alberta, man. There's so much opportunity for, you know, an archery hunter and even rifle hunters, um, you know, um, without even drawing a tag. You know, we've hunted moose every single year with a uh, stick and string, and you can hunt elk every single year with a rifle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I actually, I was talking with a buddy of mine, and we're thinking of going up to peace in his jet boat oh yeah i don't know if i talked to you about this 
Yeah, the same guy I was cat hunting with. Yeah. And so he usually goes, you know, that first week in September. So I've got a wedding on the 28th. So I'm hoping on the first or second I can hop in with him. And uh, and that would be incredible. I've never done anything like that, yeah. hunted off a boat or or anything. But, uh, yeah, I got to get the reps in with the bowman and, um, and just, you know, have fun with it and just get – you know, get comfortable shooting and get used to it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just about finding a rhythm. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you just gotta get to a point where there's no thought involved. Yeah. Just draw back and get comfortable shoot. Yeah. Cause it's always always where you want it to go. It's been a little while. It's been a little while since I've, I've shot, but, um, well, it's tough to shoot through winter and then, you know, you knew you were getting a new bow. So you kind of put the old one off. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. And then it's so hard in the wintertime because the weather's so shitty. And yeah. uh, if you don't have an indoor place to shoot, it's tough. So. It's, yeah, it's tricky. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. I can't wait. So what's your plan for bears? You're going to call something in? Are you That's what f- I'd like to do. So that, that From I th- the ground or from a tree? No, I think that would be something that would be... Like, what I'm actually planning on doing is is spotting something in a cut block oh you know, and like we always into, do bringing it into range set up somewhere and then call yeah you know and there's a lot of times where you see these bears and they're in you know big grassy meadows or something or they're on the other side of a a cut block and and there's not really much cover for you to stalk and so they might be a little too far or something so what my plan is is spot one so we'll cover ground till we spot one, spot it, and then distress call and see if we can get this guy coming in. I know a lot of guys who've done it. We actually worked on you tan that that blonde bear hide yeah. for Mark there, and they called that one in. And that's pretty cool when you see these bears coming into the call. Yeah. Now I wanted to get one with the Tacticam with the FTS system through the scope. Just to oh, get so another. So you're gonna do one with the rifle. So I think I'll do it with the rifle. Yeah. And then my uh i i thoroughly enjoyed that uh that you know on the ground bear bait uh hunt that we did yeah it ended way too short though like it was yeah, literally we only there three hours we planned something. for a season of hunting bears from the ground and it was three hours yeah so you know i, I plan on doing that this year and um, amy wants to kill one this year she's had no She's never wanted to come in the baits, um, but this year she wants to get one. She wants to start shooting her bow more too, um, but I think what we're going to do with her is we're going to set up in one of our tree stands that's built in the tree so her and I can both go in it, and then uh, she's going to use the crossbow, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I told her, I said, you know, let's get some good reps in this year with the bow. I want to shoot more. She wants to shoot more. But, um, but yeah, she'll use the crossbow for that and, uh, and we'll see, you know, high hopes, man, you know, that's three bears down, but we'll see, um, our, our good friend at, at Skinner Creek hunts in BC's, you know, I'm very tempted to go back there for bears too. Like, I know this is going to be, if he's even available to take hunts in bear season, cause he might be moving down South, but he's got some incredible dogs and you know, this is like a, if he is available, this is like a once in a lifetime chance yeah. to hunt bears with dogs with, you know, a world-class outfitter and, and a world-class outfit too. 
Um, so I don't know. I'm Amy sort of gave me the go ahead to to do it, but it's just now you know seeing if he's still good, and then you know it costs money too, right? Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'm sort of just letting some time pass and just seeing what's what's going to happen in the, the, the dust settle weeks. a little. Yeah. yeah, you just got back from your last. I know time. that's the thing, but what's killing me now is I'm seeing these these videos. So he has no clients right now. But he chases cats all year round and even bears. He's going to chase bears just to keep his dogs. Sorry, he chases them, obviously, during the hunting season. Yeah. But all year round, whether it's bear season, lynx season, or cougar season, he's chasing something to keep his dogs sharp. So just this week, they got on a cougar track, <clears throat> let the dogs go. The dogs were saying treed, so he started hiking in halfway, and he found a mule deer that was half eaten by these cougars and it was fresh it was really fresh he carried on looks up in the tree the dogs are barking big male in the tree there's another dog barking at another tree and he looks up and there's a big female in there so they had two cats treat and it was a big male too yeah and so uh he's like okay girls let's go let them down and they walk out there and the cougars come down and they head out and so i asked him i said when does the season end he's like april 30th i'm like do you have any hunters he's like no schedule's open right up so So they can do cougar until the end of april end of april wow yeah end of april and so uh yeah so honestly guys if there is anyone on here who has ever wanted to do uh, a cougar hunt with dogs you know for world-class cats and and just enjoy a a great great experience with doug and and his wife um they've got cabins to stay in they have their main lodge where you're going to eat um great dogs they're on cats nearly every single day check out skinner creek hunts and get a hold of doug mcmahon tell him i sent you and uh yeah he'll give you a smoking deal the thing with this time of year guys you're going to get the covid special Right. So typically what most outfitters are doing is they're they usually set their prices in United States dollars. So what they're typically doing is they're charging you that price, but in Canadian funds. So right off the bat, you're getting 15 or 20 percent off, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, check them out, guys. Skinner Creek hunts, Lynx hunts, Lynx season's all done. But Cougar goes till April 30th and um, bear season starts in uh, in April. So they have an overlap. They have an overlap. Yeah. So they can actually hunt both. They can hunt both. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I want to do, man. Can you imagine chasing bears? And so the thing is, you get big bears and they won't go in the tree. Yeah. And so you pretty much have a standoff with the bear and the dogs. So they just back them up against something, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible, man, how how these, these just giant and, you know, ferocious animals have so much fear of a bark and a dog you know a a dog that weighs 50 pounds soaking wet just not big dogs right but but that bark keeps him away well that's the speaks to the beauty of just human ability right yes you'd never ever come face to face with a cat and win no as a human you're never going to track it you're not going to scent it no you're not going to tree it but if you just get a puppy dog yeah. and train it to sniff cats and bark, you can kill a cat. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know what? I've never had, I've never been a huge dog person, but 
from my first experience with Dallas, when we chased cougars there in December, you know, I got a great appreciation for them. And just their, their drive and their excitement to chase these cats. And that's what they love to do. And your success as a hunter makes them happy mm-hmm. and vice versa. I've said before that the success of a hunt with dogs is often more important to those dogs than it is the guy with the gun. Yeah. And uh, it's just incredible to see. Absolutely incredible. Um, so, you know, the bear, the bear hunt is, is something that we can't do in Alberta. We can't chase dogs, chase bears with dogs in Alberta. And, um, yeah, so who knows we might book something last minute. We'll have to wait and see here. But, uh, but yeah, as per Alberta, you know, for sure, for sure. I'd like to, uh, to call something in, get a cool video with that of calling Mm -hmm. in a bear and then do something on the ground again. So, yeah, well, we're always running baits, right? We, uh. We actually have to move one bait, I found out. Oh, the the one that Tommy killed his bear at? Yeah. Okay, what are they doing there? They're uh, they're drilling a couple oil wells there. Yeah, they've they're been put, working quite a bit around there. They're putting the road right, basically right through where our barrels usually are. Oh, really? Yeah, they all get survey tape right through where it. The, where the trail already is? Or right through the bait? Right through, like, the edge of the bait. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've got to they've got to cut all that down. Yeah, and they're putting a road in. Yeah, so it's going to go straight back. There's cut, cut blocks, blocks back there. It's yeah. going to go straight and then back. And they've there. got uh, so we went back there moose hunting early in November, and uh, they had just surveyed it all. Oh, okay. And uh, you know my dad works on that pipeline that actually crosses there. Yeah. So I asked him about it. I said, "Are they going to be drilling in there? It looks like they've got a road surveyed out with tape, and then some actual pads surveyed out in yeah. the back." And he's like, oh, no, I haven't heard anything yet. And then sure enough, today, you know, months later, he's like, yeah, we just got word that they're going ahead with that construction. So really, eh? That tree stand is just going to be a, a road sign now. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to, uh, yeah, geez, eh? So we'll move that one. And um, it'll be good in a couple years. Maybe if we push it back to the end of one of those roads. Yeah. But uh, where where they're gonna put it is just so close. Once there's access in there, it's gonna be no use. It's no. already kind of an iffy bait anyway because yeah. of where it is. It's sort of isolated, I think. So do you remember when we went? We quadded back and we sort of did that backcountry. You know, it's just a day, but we we went back way back south south of here about with Tommy? 40 clicks no just me and you bear hunting for your spot and stock bear the first hunt we did oh yeah south of my house yeah south yeah. of your house so no not south of your house or south of your house south canyon yep okay so way back there and we quadded past the plant and then we went down that road and then we quadded up they've logged everything oh really so through the plant yep you go left, yep. and then you go this way, and then down. The, all that terrain that goes down and up and all over the place, they've logged all of that. It's all open now. It's all open now. So they build new roads, though, or do they just use same the existing roads, roads? Same roads. So I was I went to that spot deer hunting like November 2nd. Like, did you go way up to the top way of up. the at the mountain like right at the peak but I took we a different. Out? You know how the road we took coming out? Yeah. That's what I took going in. Yeah. And so it took me like 45 minutes to get back That's a long there. Ways, yeah. And when we were bear hunting, there were a few spots that looked really nice. And then I got there in the fall 
and they just weren't what I had remembered. With um, the growth and everything. Yeah, they yeah. weren't weren't that great. And so I tried rattling in a few spots. Nothing much happened. But um, I seen them logging then. And so we went back hunting cats here this past weekend. It's all gone. And yeah, it's all logged. That's too bad. It's all logged. It's going to be... That's some, th- that's some wild country back there. It is. It's basically there's mountains. Still, there's a lot of country, though. There's oh, a lot there's of country. Lots, yeah. yeah. So they logged they logged a, f- a bit, a fair chunk. Um, it's going to be good for ungulates grazing and bears grazing. And I think it's going to be good for hunting as well. Because to get back there, you have to go through the plant and whatnot. Yeah. And, and those, not many those guys roads do. are often closed. Those roads are often too. closed. Yeah. Um, that's some pretty crazy country back there. Like it it, is. it's basically like a low elevation mountain range. Yep. Right. Like from my one wolf bait, actually, when you're, it, it's all logged out too behind, you know, that's, it's just west of there or just east of there. Um, it's all logged out five or six years ago. And you can see the big grizzly ridge. Yeah. Like the big ridge. And it's just, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's just like this little tiny mountain range. Well, that's, isn't, no, is it not the, the Grizzly Ridge? I think mountain they call range? it a mountain. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it breaks that certain elevation number that yeah. classifies, just like Martin Mountain on the other side is technically a mountain. Yeah. Right. Um, you get to up top there and there's, there's no trees, you know, no. it's just shrubbage and, well, and kind we were of hunting a, a great big bull. Yeah. Where we were hunting for bears. Yeah. That and was super like, cool, man. Man, this sure looks like all country, but, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's some of the area that, you know, I, I plan to take some horses back into oh, now. Okay. And if they've log- logged it, well, that'll be great. So yeah, they've, uh, yeah, they, they've just logged along the roads. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, quite a bit, which is, is in, it'll be good for hunting. Like I said, um, because I don't think many guys are going to go back there because I talked to some guys who were working back there and. And you got to go through sort of the plant where they're all working, and a lot of guys they see that. They well, and that whole around, road has so. been really like the whole main road has been heavily logged the yeah. last four years. Okay, too, yeah. Right? Like yeah, on either side. Yeah. So for hunting wise, there's just not a whole lot. No, going it's on. sort of lousy. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're willing to walk, and that's if you're gonna walk, that's probably the worst place to pick to walk. Yeah. Because of the ravines and the creeks and the like, it's so oh, steep. Yeah. If like you come off that main road. Yeah. And you go left or right, you have to walk straight down before you walk straight back up yeah. again. Any direction, right? Yeah. But you could go you could go 25 minutes in any other direction. You could walk a nice flat pipeline mm-hmm. somewhere, right? Yeah, it's, it's nice back there. Once you get a nice ways country. back, we went back there in the fall with the kids and Amy, and we limited out on grouse in a couple days. One day, um, actually, I killed a bear back there. That's where oh, I killed my fall bear. Your fall bear yeah. yeah, that's where I killed my fall bear. And just a day earlier, we were out there. So that lease is all logged out now. Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's logged yeah. out on the. Yeah. So if you're driving, like you're driving down the steep yeah. road, left and right side. Wow. I never thought they'd ever log it because it's so steep. It's so steep. Yeah. Very steep. Yeah. But they logged it. They they logged it probably five hundred yards in. Yeah on the right hand side because then it goes deep down and then way up again right so 500 yards in left hand side they log quite a ways i don't think but. they're allowed to I, well i don't i have no idea honestly but i don't, i don't think they log around the creeks because they have to protect them okay like i don't think they, they did exp- leave they did leave a, a fair bit of standing yeah trees, i'm not sure but. if it's like they can't log because it's just too rough or like they don't to protect like they don't want to expose those those narrow shallow creeks yeah. that we have right yeah 
they hold a lot of just a lot of life yeah for sure just small game everything right yeah it's amazing the areas they can log like i would have never thought that like when it's muddy and rainy i can't drive down that freaking road no but a so sloppy it is 50 ton log truck with chains will come barreling down at 100 but kilometers think an hour them cutting down trees on a steep freaking slope like yeah. that it's unreal yeah and fast have you ever seen one of those machines work oh i know like a feller buncher i think that's what they're called they yeah. just grab the tree and then there's a, a big blade comes out of the bottom cuts it off the roots makes a stump yeah and then it just turns on its side there's a bunch of chains and it just shoots it out the other end and stacks it in a pile yeah it's no limbs no nothing wild chops the top off and so i like three or four years ago i was totally against logging Mm -hmm. i said man that's like like no 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 but then you see what the fires do well it's kind of a necessary evil if you're not going to burn shit down yeah yeah and you got to pick one or the other you have to so if you can get some value out of it you know, yeah. if there was a way to not, just put glass bubbles on everybody's property and stuff and just burn shit every 10 yeah. years, that'd be the way to do it. And just be like, okay, now just let everything burn regrow. Just but then you'd it. get, you'd get no value. No, no. Well, yeah, there's no of value out of it. Yeah. And I, that's what I mean. Like there's no, there's no economy in it. There's no economy. But right? as far as the natural way of things, like, you know, there's certain, certain trees only produce su- seeds and, um, like burnt grass or burnt ground and yeah and there's all kinds of reasons to, to be pro wildfire for sure and but what what they almost should be doing when they log is burn it like burn log it left. and then burn it like burn the stumps yeah don't yeah. just leave them i don't know why they don't do that maybe it's cost too I much what the logic behind that maybe is it costs too much and how are you gonna burn it if it's all wet and because I've been to some nasty and, fucking logging areas where they've been logged 10, 15 years ago, and they look like shit. Well, look where you shot at your moose this year. Yeah. Remember walking through that? Yeah. It's just like stumps up to your neck. We're yeah. walking over. It's crazy. Yeah. So. And that had been burned. It had been logged and then burned and after. Then burned. Yeah. And it's still a mess. Yeah. So I don't know. But the logging industry, man, it's kept this town alive. Oh, yeah. You know, if it wasn't well, for... Well, it's kept a lot of towns alive. Yeah, kept a for lot sure. of people fed. Yeah. And you need wood. It's a necessary You're evil. always going to need wood for you the most wood, part right? until if... fucking Trudeau decides to use cardboard. <sighs> well, you still need wood. Yeah. You yeah, still you need still to cut need down wood. trees, right? Even if yeah. we're even if we go broke and we're building our houses out of trees. Yeah. We still need wood, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the logging, from what I understand by talking to trappers, is... It's the hardest on your your small fur bearing animals, yeah. you know, like your martins, your fishers, your weasels and squirrels are sort of always there. Yeah, but your martins and fishers take a big hit. Wolverines are finicky animals too. Um, well, anytime you take yeah. away habitat, you're losing yeah. a significant percentage of the anything the yeah. animals that live there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's, you know, they, they do a little bit to protect the trappers. You get certain area around your trap line, certain area around your cabin that's protected from logging, but they can literally log. Like, even my grandpa's old trap line, it's in South Mitsu, um, and they logged it, I don't know, maybe nine, nine, ten years ago. And we went back right after they logged it to check it out, and it's an old cabin. We don't use it anymore. Nobody does. But the trap line is still in use, and, and sure enough, there's just this 
circle around the cabin that's not logged. Really? Right? Everything else. You walk so in. So what any, is it? Like 500 yard Something like circle? that. Yeah. Half something like that. Half a kilometer, three quarters of a kilometer. And everything else. And there's else a little, you know, there's some creeks in there. So there's a little extra. Like yeah. it's not a perfect circle. Yeah. yeah but yeah, if you yeah. walk in any direction longer than 10 minutes, you're walking straight out into a cut block. Wow. Eh? And it's kind of disheartening, right? Yeah, and for sure. Especially for a trap line. Yeah. You're like, shit, this used to just be wilderness total paradise mm-hmm. right you walk out the front door and you just see a cut block and you see the logging road yeah right wow. you used to have to ride horses or a skidoo in there that's the only mm-hmm. way my grandpa used to get in there yeah no yeah. it's uh you know six of one half a dozen of the other you got to sort yeah. of pick your well the best you just got to deal with best it. best access we have is oil field and logging yeah can't complain too much no it's the only sure. access we have yeah well, my plan this fall, I've said it a million times on the podcast, is I was going to kill a deer in, in a logging block. I was going to use those logging blocks and those cut lines to my advantage, you know, and catch something feeding or call something out um, because, you know, great opportunities in, in those uh, those areas. But uh, especially these fresh ones, like these new ones, that one in particular that I was just speaking of, I, I wouldn't mind checking it out this spring. Might yeah. be good for bears in there. Um, but uh, but no cats, man. We we covered a ton of ground and, and didn't find any cougars. Yeah, you guys kind of got hit with weather, eh? We had one day. We, we planned a couple days of hunting. We had one day of good weather. Um, you know... A blizzard sort of kiboshes almost any type of hunting, but when you're looking for tracks, if it's snowing heavy um, and those tracks aren't staying on the ground longer than half hour, you're hooped. You're hooped. You know, even if you find a track, it's going to be gone in a half hour. And if that's the case, if you find something fresh, fresh, you got to keep following it until you can get those dogs on it. And, um, yeah, so Saturday, I uh, I went south south of here, um, covered some ground. Lynx tracks absolutely everywhere. You know, wolf tracks, coyote tracks. Um, didn't find anything, and uh, Dallas came up to covered a ton of ground on the snowmobile. You know, found some areas that looked like they'd be great for cats and cougars. Found uh, some old tracks that were about three or four days old because we haven't got a much snow. Up to that point, we hadn't got much snow in the previous four or five days. Mm-hmm. So we had some, you know, we seen a few older sets, but nothing that we could let the dogs loose on. And um, we actually went south of, you know, Faust. Yep. We went south there. So the first 14 clicks... There's an imaginary line, and that's where the 360 zone goes into... 351. 351. Okay, 351, we can run dogs. So we crossed that line, carried on, and on the road, there's a lot of tracks, but, and again, this is like a logging road, and um, but not no cougars. And so we got a ways back there, and we got in the high elevation... And there was nothing back there. No deer tracks, no wolf tracks, nothing. Once you get into that higher elevation, when there's about another foot of snow, there is nothing. It's dead up there. Everything moves lower, right? And so um, at least where we were hunting around here, we were in that lower elevation. Like if we went 
way south where we were hunting bear, what we were talking about earlier, we would have been that higher elevation, but all those animals, all those animals come down. Um, and yeah, just no luck, man. We covered a ton of ground, didn't see any, any cougar tracks. Um, Sunday I got out there. Um, the morning we had two hours of pretty good conditions. Um, obviously didn't get on anything. We found some super fresh lynx tracks. It looked like we were on a, um, a female with some kittens and we just followed them on the road for like three kilometers. They're jumping back and forth. You could see them tussling with each other. Um, but no cougars. And then come about 1030 that day, 11, the snow started to come down and, um, my tracks with the vehicle, they would stay in the ground for like 45 minutes and they'd be filled right in. You couldn't even tell we were there. Yeah. So you have no chance. We carried on, we covered ground till I think four or four thirty, and just no luck. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll get a cougar this year, but, uh, we have a little bit of time. I believe the season runs till the end of March. Um, so we got a bit of time, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Two days is tough for any hunt. Oh, and that's what we said, right? Even like about Manny's wolf hunt and, and, and deer hunts, doesn't matter what you're hunting, even bears, like two days is tough. Two days is really tough. Um, but the things with thing with cougars is, and anything that you're tracking, um, you really gotta, gotta hunt the best days you can and you gotta sort of be flexible. Yeah. Right. Cause if, if you can be, yeah. if you can be, you know, hunt, hunt the days where you have good conditions. Um, cause there's, there's a lot of issues, you know, if it's too hot and the, the snow is melting, well, you're going to lose tracks. If it's snowing too much, well, you're going to fill tracks with snow and you aren't going to keep any scent. So you want to go right after a snowfall. Ideally you get snow from 8 PM until 3 AM. And then you can get out there at 4 or 5 a.m. and just find fresh tracks from that evening before or even that morning. Yeah. And um, and that's the perfect conditions. And that's what we had on Saturday, but just uh, no uh, no lions. So That's tough. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's tricky. We got fooled on a few. We uh, found some real big lynx tracks, and after looking, following them into the the bush a little ways, we we uh, had to confirm that they were just a, a big lynx that, you know, it weighed a bit because it wasn't floating on the snow, but it was no means a cougar. So, what is the what's the situation like? If I mean, I imagine it's like just like hunting. The job of the houndsman is to identify the animal they're chasing. What yeah. happens in Alberta, since it is illegal to chase lynx, um, what yeah. happens if you get on a lynx? Are you yeah. harassing wildlife? If you if you let loose on a lynx. Yeah, like if you're going after. And like, I mean, I guess it's one thing to make a mistake and get a treat and be like, oh, that's a lynx. Oops. Yeah. But if, if a guy's like actively chasing them, I mean... I guess this sort of gets into the topic you wanted to talk about anyway. It doesn't matter because there's you can't legally harvest the lynx. Yeah, so a trapper can shoot a lynx. Only if it's in a trap though, right? I read a trapper on Facebook the other day who's who's got a TV, a well-known trapper, and he's seen a lynx running across a frozen lake and he shot it in Alberta. Huh, I didn't just never considered that. So unless he had a trap dangling from his leg, I'm not too yeah, sure, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. said he shot it. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, if, uh, if a houndsman in Alberta lets loose on a lynx when, and he thinks it's a cougar, you know, that lynx is going to run up in the tree unless those dogs kill that lynx, yeah. which is known to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if they kill that lynx, you're in big shit. If they chase it up the tree, well, then you let, you're like, hey, so let's is there, go. Is there like a license involved? For what? For to be a houndsman? No. Houndsman. No. So you just have to have a dog. You just have to have a dog. You so could like, run your I dog. I could go run my own dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So you got to hope, like, at least you, we know that the guys you've gone with yeah. know exactly what they're doing. For like sure. Dallas is a really good guy, and obviously yeah. the outfitter that you went with is really knows his yeah. stuff. But uh, it's, it's, it's tough in Alberta, right? Because you only have that limited three months, this one animal. I'm sort of trying to build this up for you. Man, I had... I had, like I said, I, I was never really a dog person. I had no intentions of ever hunting anything with dogs. Like most people that are listening to this, it's just, you know, it's just static to them. Because well, they me, don't I remember, know until you actually do it. I might man. have even said it on a podcast before yeah. that I was like, ah, I, never, I know I've said it to you before. I'm like, yeah. ah, chasing a, a cougar is, eh. Like yeah. it doesn't really seem like a hunt to treat it. And Yeah. And so the thing is, man, that it is the most i've said it multiple times it's the most mentally taxing hunt that you not physically because you're sitting on your snowmobile or your quad or your truck for a fucking week straight till you cut a track mm -hmm. but your head is noses to the ground looking yeah and when i get home at five o'clock whether i was in bc back at the lodge or whether i was in my house i am exhausted you're mentally fucking wiped right and so Day three or day four, or if you're in BC and there's cats everywhere, day one or two, you get on that track after several hours or several days of looking, you let those dogs loose and you are jacked. Those dogs are freaking pumped. They, they, they know as soon as you stop that truck, it doesn't matter if it's Dallas's dogs or, or the guys in BC, when you stop that truck, those dogs are ready. They smell that track from the truck. Actually, when they hunt bears, they don't even go off tracks. The dogs sit on the top of the truck. The dogs start barking when they smell a bear. <laughs> That's awesome. That's insane, man. That's, That's how good the, the noses are. So anyways, you get on a track. And so, you know, the guys who have experience, they really know what tracks to run, which ones not to run. We passed probably 10 Lynx tracks that I'm like, man, why aren't we running this? And he's like, you know, it's a few hours too old. It's just... You know, we'll find There's something better, better out there. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and Dallas is the same way. You know, when I was hunting with him in December, we had some older cougar track and he's like, no man, we just, we aren't going to run these. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. find something fresher. So they know what their dogs are capable of. Right. Yep. And so, um, you let those dogs loose. You see the excitement of the dogs and you're watching them on the GPS. You're seeing where they're going. They're running in circles. They're freaking three miles away. Then they're six miles away. Then they're three miles away. And then they're treed. It says they're treed, which could mean a million things. It could mean they're lost, lost descent, and they're staying in the same spot. Or it could mean that they're barking at something in the tree. And so you go in there, you don't know what's in the tree, man. Could be a kitten, could be a lynx, could be a cougar, could be a bear. You don't know what you're walking into. Then you walk into there and that freaking majestic animal is staring right at you. And those dogs are barking at the tree. He had a dog that would climb the tree. There's a dog that I have a picture of and video climbed 10 feet in the tree. Wow. 10 feet, man. Yeah. Insane. 
And so, um, yeah, these dogs, they want that animal that's in the tree. They want it bad. And so the excitement of the dogs and you see the animal in the tree and then you got to figure out what it is, right? Like where we were hunting with lynx, you could hunt male or female. It wouldn't matter. Um, same with cougar in BC, there's no quota system, so it doesn't matter. But in Alberta, you got to make damn sure you know where you're shooting because where we hunt around here, there's one female every year. One female cougar can be killed in, in the two zones, which is 350 and 351 and two males. You could, you shoot the wrong sex. You're in deep shit. Mm -hmm. So you got to be able to identify that animal. Um, and then in BC, they identify it too. They want to take out the males. They want to take out the mature ones. So you spend some time figuring out what you're shooting at. And then us with filming it, well, we've usually have all the time in the world when it's in the tree. So then we're setting up our cameras and it's, it's just super, super exciting, man. I love it. And, um, you know, the, the lynx thing really sort of, sort of ticks me off a little bit. And, and it, I never even thought about this, never even thought about it till I went to BC and seen how they sort of manage their lynx. So in Alberta here, there's no, no lynx hunting. Um, there's trapping. We take trapping very seriously in Alberta, which is great. We got to keep that heritage alive. Um, fur prices are the shits. You know, they're the shits. Yeah, the rest of the world doesn't take trapping seriously No, anymore. so we're just doing it right now as a novelty just to keep it alive, yeah, right? And and I'm so glad that we are. We can't we can't get rid of it, can't forget about it. We got to keep trapping alive. Got to do everything we can to keep it alive. Fur, market, fur prices are crap, so what a lot of guys are doing, they're, they're selling them to fur buyers. Like, we're a licensed fur buyer at the taxidermy shop, so we'll buy furs from trappers, not very often, but we will. Or trappers will pay to get them mounted and then they'll sell the mounts or they'll pay to get them tanned and then sell them privately. Now that's fine. That's all fine and dandy, but you know, there's a lot of trappers that are trapping anywhere from, from a dozen links to 25 or 30 links. Yeah. So on my Facebook feed in the past week, one guy said he had trapped 19 links. One guy said he had trapped 25 links. Okay. So that's, that's two guys have trapped 45 links. Fantastic. They got 45 links. They're going to get a pile of money. At least that's what you hope. Well, no. The last auction in 2020, only a third of the links sold, and they sold for $45 each. Yeah. Two-thirds of the links didn't sell. They're means, still there waiting yeah. for the next market. Which means they're just sitting there. They're and sitting trappers there. haven't gotten a check. They haven't got anything. Okay, so yeah, I get it's 2020, right? It's 2020. Everything was shit in 2020. Sorry, guys. I'm getting a little worked up here, but I've thought a lot about this lately. So everything's crap in 2020. So let's look back. Yeah, let's go back 2018. 2018, you know, was a decent year for furs. Um, coyotes did really good. Wolves did good. Lynx did about average in the past 10 years like in 2018. Yeah, there's $75, $85 is what they got. Okay, great. You're getting $85 of links. But is that all that animal is worth is $85? In Africa, the, the countries in Africa that have the most animals, that have the highest populations of animals, are the countries that allow hunting. And that's because they put value 
on those animals. Yeah. Okay, so you have a farmer in Africa. He's going to fence off his land because those kudu are now worth $10,000. Those gemsbuck are now worth $6,000. He's not going to shoot four for his brother and his cousin and his sister. He's going to make sure no one in his family shoots those. And now he's going to make sure there's dozens or hundreds of those animals because they have value now. Okay, so in Alberta, the lynx has nearly no value. It has value to the... How, do you know how many trappers there are in Alberta? Mm. Registered trappers? Probably less maybe than, a couple thousand or a few hundred. I, was I don't say know, Less man. than a hundred guys that probably actually trap every year. Yeah, so... Unfortunately. So the lynx only have value in Alberta to the trappers. And even then, they don't have that much value. We had a trapper come and sell us two links, and I told him I'd give him $100 each. And he was happy as hell because that's the most he's ever got for a lynx in the last few years. Yep. That's sad. Yep. That's very, very sad. So what I would propose, what I think we should do in Alberta, is we should continue to allow trappers to trap their links because there's a lot of links around. Let's maybe cut the quotas down a bit. Okay, rather than allowing them to trap 25 or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know what the quotas are right now or how it even works. But let's cut it down a bit. Okay, because at the end of the day, they're sending those hides away. They aren't keeping them for themselves. They're getting 45, 75, 85 dollars. So they aren't getting much money from anyways. But let's keep trapping alive. Let's keep it strong. Let's allow them to continue trapping them, but cut the quota down a bit. Let's do a draw system, Alberta, for a handful of tags in each zone what I think, because there's a lot of links. We could have ran 10 links tracks, 10 fresh links tracks this past weekend. Um, and now let's start allowing outfitters to guide for a handful of links in each zone. Okay. So guys, we're going from these links worth 45 to $75 at BC on a normal year. A uh, two-on-one lynx hunt is going for around $6,000 American per client. A one-on-one -on -one lynx hunt is going for around $7,500, $7,000 American per client. That's like $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go on the lower end, okay? So these lynx are now worth, right now, $45 to $85. But if we allow this new system, cut back the quota for the trappers, give a few tags to outfitters, a few to... Um, to residents on a draw system. And now these animals are now worth on the, you know, between 6,000 Canadian and 10,000 Canadian. But only to the outfitters. To the outfitter, right? They don't, that doesn't help the trappers at all. That doesn't help the trappers at all. But what are those trappers losing? Those trappers are losing a dozen links at $75 each. They're losing, you know, a bit of money. But yeah, and they're not really. I don't, I don't know if you could even chalk it up as to loss, but the more you, the more value that comes off the links, the less it's tar, the less it's targeted, right? So, in 2018, if it was worth eighty dollars, well, so and so trapper might set out ten link traps. This year, they're only worth forty dollars. Well, he's probably only going to set out, let's say, five. Yeah. Because they're just not worth his time. Yeah, but this they they got so forty five dollars for. He's, yeah, right. and that, that's based on the market price. That has yeah. nothing to do with trappers. No. That has nothing to do with if there's a million links caught this year yes. <laughs> or if there's two million caught this year. Yeah. That all has to do with 
whether or not they're going to put Lynx fur on the new jacket from Gucci or whatever the hell they're yeah. doing across the world, right? Our market isn't, as far as I know, it's based on basically the fashion industry, Yeah. right? And so the price, I don't think, is reflected in how how many animals are harvested or trapped. So you're adding you're definitely adding value to the animal, specifically the lynx. You're giving an economy to the lynx through the outfitters. But it doesn't really do anything for the trapper though. It doesn't really change anything either. No, and and you know what? In all of this, the only person that's going to lose if they're going to lose anything at all is the trapper. Yeah. Trapper's going to lose a few of his links quota. So whether, and I don't even know how it works guys, to be honest, I haven't looked into the little trapper thing, but let's say if a guy, cause I got, I, I seen it on Facebook. It was like 27 links. He caught this year. Another guy said like 18. So let's cut that in half. Okay. So they're going to lose half those links. Okay. But, now, you know, when I went to BC, I paid a, a ton in gas, so it's fuel. I paid for a hotel in Prince George. Mm-hmm. I paid for meals along the way. You know, I put a, a five grand, whatever it was, six grand into into an outfitting. You know, I'm supporting that industry. So, yes, you're going to lose here, but you're going to gain in other ways. Absolutely. And so have you ever... Um, have you ever hunted bear and, and you've seen, oh, there's a, a ton of bear in this area. I like it. Mm-hmm. Or there's not a lot of bear in this area. Have you ever thought that about lynx? Oh, I've definitely been to areas that have way more lynx than others. But have you, like, like I know bears and deer. I sort of, I wishfully think, man, I hope there's bears in this area. Mm-hmm. I hope there's a lot of bear next year in this area. Have you ever thought that about lynx? Uh, no, not Because they have no value to you. Yeah, because I don't, I can't right? hunt them. But if they and do have value them. to you then you're going to say, hey, you know what? Let's do what we can. If there's anything we can do to make sure there's links in this area. As an outfitter. As an outfitter, but even as a regular hunter. Mm-hmm. As a hunter. You know, like we don't like seeing our, our deer I, hunting grounds just demolished. But to play devil's advocate as a trapper, yeah. if in 2022 the links goes to $140, yeah. Trapper's going to be real pissed off you took 12 of his 24 links away. For sure. Like real pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. So that's one guy mad about 12, but we're going to have is 12 it, guys happy. Is about- it is it one guy? Though, like, you got to think all the trappers. If, if the value comes back to trapping. But I've, I'm thinking you're limiting. More, more people are going to win than lose. But... Well, then don't take but, him but away the, from the trappers. Who, but, but at least... Like, whose values... Who, like, somebody... So you're saying that in this situation, hunters deserve it more than outfitters, for lack of better words. Or uh, more than trappers? more than trappers, for lack of better words. I think we have to put more value on the animal. And the only yeah. way we can do that, the only way we can do that is if we allow hunting. Oh, abs- uh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's no way to directly affect the fur market so because we could say okay well um we should we should tell the 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 canadian military should only use canadian furs for their canadian for their parkas yeah for sure they should only so that should boost the for sure right should should boost the fur market yeah you would think for sure and so do they use links like what is i I don't even know what links is used for i don't know 
But it's just, you know, it is too bad that there's no value. That there's no value to these animals. Because the only value is what the fur market puts on it in this province. Yeah, instead of there being alternate avenues of value, like the outfitting program. And, you know, it's not to say that that idea is not going to work. The problem is when you change it in a time somebody had something, somebody didn't have something, you're telling guy A he's got to give up part of his stuff yeah. to give it to guy B just because. Yeah. No one's going to like doing that. Nobody man. likes doing that. And that but, goes without but saying But the way I look at it, let's life. say for one zone, let's say one area. Okay, let's mm-hmm. say one area, you're going to, let's say the guy has a quota of 25 links. You're going to take 10 of those away in one area. He's going to be a little upset that you took, you know, yeah, he's got Martin and Fisher and Lynx and Wolverine and Wolf and Coyote, but you're taking some of his links away. And so he's not going to be happy because typically he manages the links in that area. Mm-hmm. Those are his links, mm-hmm. no one else's. So he's not going to be happy. Well, you're that's taking, his meal ticket too. Yeah, he's not going to be happy you're taking 10 away. Mm-hmm. But you're going to, those 10, you're going to make 10 people happy. You know, you're going to give mm-hmm. five of those to an outfitter, let's say, or, or three of those to an outfitter. They're going to sell that hunt to an American for six or $7,000 each. This is just one area. So the then- other seven you're going to put into a draw system for Alberta. And uh, you're going to have guys run these. You're going to improve the the houndsman in Alberta. It is so tough to be a houndsman in Alberta. Well, it's basically non-existent. You have three months, two and a half months to run to run cougars. That's all you can run, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, we could have ran several cats every day. We've been chasing cougars. And, um, yeah, it just... You know, I, and I asked that the guy we went with Doug in BC, cause he traps wolves and said, do you trap lynx? He's like, man, why would I trap a lynx for the four seventy dollars $80 I'm going to get for a hide? Yeah. He said, no. And when I trap a lynx, we might catch, catch a kitten. Mm-hmm. We might catch a female with a kitten. We don't know what's going to come through that trap. Yep. But when we chase them with dogs, they go up the tree. We figure out if it's a male, female. We see if there's kittens around. If there's kittens, we're going to see the tracks. We just aren't going to run that track. And we experienced that. On our second second day, we came up to two different sets of tracks, which there was like three, three links tracks in each set. And um, he's like, no, guys, you know what? It might be. It might be a female with, with a couple younger ones. It was very tough to tell. But he just, he's like, you know what? We aren't going to run it because it might be. It's not worth the risk. Not worth the risk. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's. <sighs> so then instead of just taking, if the outfitter gets, okay, so there's, let's see. We there's... need to, we need to figure out what the links numbers are in Alberta because I'm seeing links every, like I'm seeing links, I'm seeing links tracks nearly everywhere I hunt. So we might be able to sustain a well, lynx, hunt on top. Lynx are one of the animals that I can't remember what the word. There's a there's a, a word that defines an animal that uh, goes through a cycle. And so it's every. I looked into it actually before this podcast because I wanted to. Lynx are directly, almost directly associated with the ups and downs of the snowshoe hare in yeah. our province. Yeah. 
And they're on, is it a four-year or an eight-year cycle? Eight years eight is what years. I read. Yeah, and that's what I read. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I've seen that a so few places. So now I've asked trappers that, though. Yeah. And I asked Doug that in, in uh, BC, and no one said they've noticed that. They don't think so? No. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So instead of, like, say one zone has that 25 links quota, and the trapper... See, there's another problem is there's more than one trapper in each zone. Yeah. Right? So, okay, let's say that there's, let's say there's 60 links quota in this zone. I'm very curious what the Trappers links. are split 50% outfitters and are just hunting permits are fit split 50%. So they get 30 for hunting, 30 for trapping. Let's say there's three trappers. They each get 10. And let's say there's three outfitters. They each get 10. For each one of those... Links permits that are used, harvested, the outfitter should pay the trapper a fee or a trapper association a fee. <laughs> What's it going to be? The $75 the hide's worth? Why not put more value on it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, and that's if you're, the whole... if, if you're adding, you're just, we're just poof making up this value for an outfitter, for the outfitter industry. Why can't we poof and make it for the trapping industry? Yeah. Yeah. Why because not? it's coming out of the economy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that outfitter's making ten thousand dollars. You tell me I he can't know. pay one hundred and fifty dollars oh, to the outfitter or to yeah, the trapper I th I think that's to perfect. double his money on the links. Yeah. He had to give it up. Yeah, no, that makes total sense, right? man. It just I think because an outfitter something has to be done. An outfitter has to pay, or the the hunter has to pay all these annual lease fees and use fees yeah. for the allocations. And then the hunter, specifically whether they're an Alberta resident, uh, Canadian resident, or a alien non non resident alien, they have to pay a specified license cost depending on where they live. So if you're a, if you're a local, you pay a little bit less. You pay the local price. If you're Canadian, you pay a little bit more. Yeah. If you're from out of the country, you know you're your moose tag. You're looking at a four hundred dollar moose tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of a thirty six dollar moose tag. Yeah. Right. And in my opinion, that's totally fair. Yeah. For you're sure. traveling. You're using our resources. You should pay for them. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention you have to pay for the outfit and everything else. So if you're doing that for your hunts, why can't you do that to compensate? Oh, the I trappers? don't. I think that would be not a problem at all. I don't see why it would. But um, because if like we started this conversation just talking about saving trapping, so the last thing we want to do is take. Oh yeah. Give the links. Take the links from the trappers because oh well. And just give them to the outfitters. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's what I said at the start of this is, you know, by no, like, we need, like, trapping, it it it, it is what created Canada. Absolutely. You North, know, North America was, North was America. born on trapping. Like, the North, Canada, for sure. Like, Canada, it's... <laughs> it's our, yeah. Our heritage. Like, yeah. it, it's what created this country. Um. You know, it's unfortunate that furs aren't worth anything. Um, and now, it's a, it's unfortunate all the horrible shit that happened when the fur trade was going on, too. But Yeah. Now, it, if we stop trapping completely, then furs would be obsolete because Canada is one of the biggest suppliers in the world for furs. Yep. So we got to keep it up. Um, and you know what? Like, I would like to see a, a study, links numbers, how what the quota is, because... For the amount of links I'm seeing right now, we might even be able to sustain a lynx hunt with the quotas we're giving to trappers. I don't yeah. know. Well, I'm just I'm just assuming that they're allowing the trappers to take 
to take everything they can without without killing the population of the lynx. And if the value in the fur market is down, wouldn't that just mean you give more outfitters more tags? Yeah. Because you know that, that the trappers aren't going to be going after that lynx. Man, it just seems like this is such an easy problem to fix. Like, it, this doesn't seem that complicated. Well, it doesn't seem like it's out of the realm. Like, it's not... It seems like it should be somebody's job. Yeah. Like... Everything else is looked at. Why is this one thing? And there's not just one thing, but why is this specific thing looked over? Right. But it baffles me that there's no biologists up here anymore. Um, The things we hear from, you know, our our friends in fish and wildlife and just the fact that, you know, it's kind of, it seems like it's slipping through the cracks a little bit here the last few years with our conservation and our biology yeah they're getting trained to stop breaking enters and crack down on heroin dealers that's what the fish cops are doing now that's what today. they're supposed to be doing now yeah apparently that's what, that's what they did today was was training for something yeah some sort of public relations thing they weren't going to check on ice fishing guys they weren't you know checking on trappers and they this probably and weren't that. in a school teaching they probably weren't exactly no no, they're they're doing. Uh, what, they're, what did what did our friends say the other day? They were doing uh, mass shooting training. Mass shooting training. Yeah, which you know what? You if you're a law enforcement, and you pack a gun. You should probably do that. Like that of all things. But for that to be being this the, week, being a, the call to a break and enter is you know is that what we want? The, is no. that what we want these guys to do? No, fish and wildlife. That's not that's not. No, we're what taking they signed resources away. Yeah. That's not what they went to school for five years to do. And so, yeah, in this region, we have no biologists. Mm-hmm. That's that's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that might be only know. that that might be only public knowledge on this podcast. But oh well, too bad. Yeah, so I'm sad. sure. They I'm should, sure you can find it somewhere. They uh, there should be a biologist, and you know, to even we've heard from a few people that. You know the counts. Every region should have a the, biologist. The population counts. We have a and good stuff fish biologist here. We do absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which we like. We got a, the biggest vehicle accessible lake in Alberta, so you would hope so. We are land of the lakes um, up here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but man, our, yeah, know. our mammal. I don't know what's going on. I just just feels like it should be somebody's job. So Alberta is really, you know, free flowing though with with what you can hunt. Like you got, you have literally every fur bearing animal now. Sorry, not every fur bearing animal. You can't hunt marten and fisher and and lynx and uh, wolverine. But other than that, you know, fox all year round, wolf all year round, coyotes all year round. Yep. Um, you know. Um, yeah, you know, there's just, there, there's, well, there's all your ducks and geese and yeah, birds. There, there's and just a real demand now. for, for links in the hunting industry. I think Alberta's missing out on something there. Well, there's a ton of guys I've talked to past clients, um, potential future clients that have asked me, you know, can we shoot links? Oh, really? I've had guys on moose hunts, like get ready to get out of, out of the <laughs> no, vehicle. No, 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 no. Get ready to pull their gun up. Cause it's like, oh, there's a lynx and. You know, I'm busy taking a camera out and they're loading a gun and it's like, oh no, wait, you, you know, you can't hunt them here. They're not, yeah. oh, they're not like a coyote. No, they're not like a coyote. Yeah. You know, even down in the States, bobcats, you can shoot them in a lot of places. Well, down in Southern Alberta, you can hunt, well, actually all of Alberta, you can hunt bobcat year round. 
Oh, really? No tag. I didn't know that. You just got to get them registered at Fish and Wildlife. Oh, wow. I looked in the regs. Last time I seen that was last year in the regs. So if they got tufts on their ears, you can't. If they don't, you're good to go. Yeah. Nice. Why? (laughs) What's the reason behind that one? Because, well... Bobcat are worth a lot more in the fur market than lynx are. So, like, beaver, too. Like, let's talk beaver. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to hunt beavers. Saskatchewan, you can blast as many beavers you want. Absolutely zero reason. And if we were into springtime... I would be probably a little bit more pissed off at the beavers because I always am in the spring. But you can't shoot them. There's no value in them anymore. Trappers don't go after them. Roads get flooded out. Yeah. Properties get flooded out. All kinds of shit. They make, they're the most destructive animal out there. Yeah. And so why can't you hunt them? Why can't you, why can't a guy go out, shoot a pond full of beavers, sell them to a bear hunter, sell them to a fur buyer? from the trapper now. But there's no value in them, right? So it's well, there, the same. there is though. It's the same as lynx. It's, it's the exact, exact it's same. It's the exact same as lynx. as lynx. The only difference is a lynx hunt you can sell for seven thousand dollars. A beaver hunt you can sell for forty dollars to a guy buying bear bait. Yeah, exactly. But it's some value, right? Yeah, there's some value. Well, and beavers so when, though, if you if you split her up with the hide, the casters. You can make $100 the bait, plus off a beaver. The carcass. More. You wait longer, long enough. You clean that skull, you're getting fucking $250 a beaver. Yeah, or more. A little bit. Um, but <laughs> there you go, man. I guess the point I was going to get to was that when these laws were put into place, they were to protect the trapper. Yes. You're not and allowed to hunt. You're not do. allowed to hunt lynx because we want our only, we want to save all of our lynx for the trappers. Okay, yeah. fine. You're not allowed to shoot beavers or protect it. That you can only be harvested by trappers, fishers, martin, otters, everything else that's a fur bearing. Yeah. The only thing that's not are wolf, coyote, and bears, mm-hmm. right? And that's, it's got to be just to, it was to protect the trapper, to yeah. protect the value of the animal to the trapper. Yeah. Right? So that Joe Blow is not just going out and blasting 20 links with a 22 and getting, yeah. the, getting the same value out of them as the guy that spends. 10 hours. Oh, for sure. Seven days a week trapping. Yeah. To get that same exact yeah. number. No, of, I think we could, you know, but do times a, have do changed. Draw system and. Well, times have changed. Yeah. The value's not there to protect anymore. The, yeah. the idea of it and maybe the, there's a, there should be a way to, pro- if you're going to move forward with like a link, but then again, changing deployed- the program, there should be a way to protect the asset of the lynx if it comes back into value for the trapper yeah because at the highest like lynx have been known to go like dave Dave told me when he lived in saskatchewan they could shoot them or guys were shooting them this is 25 30 years ago they were getting six seven hundred dollars lynx you know i don't know what the laws are in saskatchewan now Mm -hmm. but guys would shoot four lynx and they have twenty five hundred dollars yeah that's pretty damn good and I was doing some research earlier, and links have been known to go up to that thousand twelve hundred dollar mm-hmm. mark. Well, and that's like not who's, recently. Who's to say? I mean, ch- chances are pretty slim. But who's to say trapping's not just gonna pop again, blow up for whatever reason? Maybe they need, maybe they need fur fibers for robots in the next yeah. twenty years, twenty years, whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But if if trapping was to really pop, everybody'd be getting into trapping. Yeah. And everybody would be going after these animals that are high ticket items. You know, back 
in whatever year, early 1900s, it was all about the beaver because they were waterproof. Yeah. Right. That was just, that was the money animal. So much so that they're extinct in some states down south still mm-hmm. just because they were totally trapped out. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just if no, the value, we... if the value came back to trappers, you wouldn't want to put them in a position where they just had like, it was all taken away. Yeah, right? I know. When it when it's a it's a free flowing market like that, and you're gonna have trapper like if if something like this ever happened, you're gonna have trappers say, you know what, this is one step to phase out the trapper. This is the first step Absolutely. of phasing out the trapper. Yeah, and it sure looks that and way. And that's what it that's what it looks like. Yeah, and you know what, you know what, um, but there has to be some kind of give and take. There has to be. I just, I see. You know, you're going to support houndsmen in Alberta. Mm-hmm. You're going to support the the average hunter for more options. And you're going to support, you know, there's going to be a ton of tax revenue coming out of it. And you're going to, it's going to be a good boost to the outfitting industry. Um, but there's got to be some sort of give and take. We got to figure out how many links there are in this province, how many we can sustain to take out every year. I'm sure they've got those numbers. I'd, I'd like to hope they do. Um, and then you got to, you know, like you said, play some, well, they have an Give idea with, with of what they think the number is. Yeah. They don't know how many links are out there. No, how the, what are you going to do? They don't know how many freaking moose are out there, no. man. And they're the biggest animal that walk yeah. up here. There's, I have I haven't no talked to one person who's had faith in uh I have no in faith in our aerial surveys. Yeah. Zero faith. As soon as I heard how they were done. Well, you know how they work. Yeah, they do a section of it. They and do then a they, section. They divide it by pi and multiply it by the width of their left finger. And yeah. it's comes up with the population of yeah no it's bullshit because everybody that anybody that's hunted big game knows that animals live in pockets yeah some territories better than others everything everything's like that yeah you know you don't uh you don't just drive out into the middle of a lake and drop a hook and hope you're going to catch a fish you know you go to a specific spot and it's the same with animal any animal any animal has a specific habitat that they prefer over another yeah so you can't fly over 250 square miles, count whatever, 30 moose, times that by however many 250 mile squares there are and say that there's that many moose. There's no. just no way. No, no. That's not, uh, you know, it might give us an average, maybe an idea, but it's 2021. Yeah, no, it's it's tough, man. And even like the grizzly bear count, like they're using hair traps. Yeah, that's a joke. Hair traps and, you know, trail cam picks. There's, but there's no way to do it. That's the, that's the thing. There is I, no I way to do it. Way to there do is it. no way to do it. You got to, I think you got to rely on, on, on hunters and the people who are out there. You got to do a lot of surveying. I think the only way is to have people boots on the ground, eyes in the sky, and just compound all the data possible. You know, you, know, you, you have your, your hunter at the end of every season, you got to do your what's harvest it report, harvest reports. You could do how many grizzly bears did you see this yep. year? Sighting reports. Fifteen. Yep. Where? Thirty-two. One. Where? Right. Give us a range. Road. How many cougars did you see? Give this us year? a latitude, longitude. Well, even zone. Give us. Give the, us a zone. Give us a zone. And yep. how many? Do you see any lynx this year? And you know, if you see a lynx, there's probably quite a few in that area, just like cougars and wolves, right? Um, unless you're just super, super lucky. But if you see that time and time again with multiple different people, then you know populations are doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's tough to, to count any animal. I just don't but, understand uh, why they don't have something like that survey. 
I'm sure they do. Your harvest survey, like, which oh, is... Oh, oh, why do they don't have a survey like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, so your, your harvest know. survey, which is just new like two years ago, legally required by outfitters, and I think it's required now, otherwise you lose your eligibility for the draw. Yeah, you can't enter draws. So if you don't do it last year's moose, you don't get to enter the draws this year, basically. Um, so you can buy a general tag then? I don't... I think you can still buy the general. It just doesn't let you put into the draw system. But the questions are like, how many days did you hunt? Or so did you purchase your tag? Yes. And then it's like, um, how many days did you pursue this animal? And then you click however many days. And then it says, did you have an opportunity? And you click yes or no. And then you, I, it might give you a number. How many opportunities did you have? And then it asks if your harvest was successful. And yeah. so why can't, why can't that exact same question be like, how many, or how many days did you hunt this year? Did you see this? This? Do you see a cougar? Okay, how many times? Three. You see a grizzly bear? Twice. Did you see whatever lynx four times, in whatever zone? Just and make it mandatory. Wait, it's another yeah. five minutes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, and for animals. For what? For conservation? Yeah. A free survey that just we you know it's we not already some... barely require people to do hunters ed here. Yeah, I know. You you you. I don't want to advocate this, but you can do you can do your hunter ed and not really have done it and still well, buy a license. I, so I moved from Saskatchewan. I went to buy my, I took my hunter's ed when I was twelve years old, and I got the certificate and everything else. And I moved to Alberta when I was twenty, I believe, or nineteen, twenty. And I went to buy a bear tag with my win, and I couldn't buy it. And so I figured out why. I phoned in. They're like, "Oh, well, you." your hunter's ed isn't on here did you take hunter's ed yeah i did okay we'll just check the box you're good to go yeah and so um i've registered a win number with people before and yeah all it says is did you take hunter's ed check the box and you're good to go yeah, you don't have to prove it or anything yeah. so that's you know i don't know how i feel about that but um but yeah animals of question like if you're going to open a season for like a lynx or if you're going to improve increase quotas or something like that for cougar i think you could ask a question like that um, well, it's just why not yeah why and so they're noticing not? that with cougars too like pockets with a lot of cats yeah a lot so um i was informed that this next year quotas are supposed to go up for a lot of zones well and that's a problem too is just anything anything government but anything that requires surveys and this and that it's always so delayed yeah it's not like they could have made this time. decision three years ago yeah. and it's like okay 2021 or 2020 we're rolling it out oh covid yeah 2021 we'll roll it out and it's the program's four or five years old mm -hmm. potentially i'm talking out of my ass here um with old information and then by the time they get around to fixing it again it's another 10 years old yeah and that's just, maybe that's where we're at with all of our laws, right? They're just yeah. so old and outdated. And by the time the process goes through, the money involved, that's why, you know. Oh, yeah. Nothing happens quick. No, it's... Not when it's government. No. No. And the thing is, too, when quotas are so low, like one female, one male, and a giant zone or two and yeah, two. Yeah, that can't be it possible. It deters people from hunting. Yeah. Cats. And then it deters people from hiring houndsmen and guides and it deters, deters people, people from, from even being becoming houndsmen. houndsmen yeah yeah why would no why would i buy hounds at five thousand dollars each trained yeah why would i want to become a houndsman when i can't even do it yeah 
I can maybe take a buddy or two if somebody doesn't beat me yeah. to it. Yeah, no, it's for a zone that's twelve thousand plus square kilometers. Yeah. you get three cats. <laughs> three animals. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I don't mind the quota system. I actually like it better than a draw system because everyone has the opportunity if they want to do it. Yep. Right. It's a bit of a race in some zones, but most of the zones. Um, there isn't a lot of pressure on them because, like we said, no hound, not a lot of houndsmen, not but a, a lot of guys hunting them. Because a, a race on a probably the most, the most controlled hunt you could have. Period. Like yeah. you're not going to have even a bear bait, which I would consider the most controlled hunt I'm capable of doing. Which is you're sitting in a tree, the bear doesn't know you're there. It's eating. It's comfortable. You choose when you shoot. Yep. A cougar is the only, or a, a treed cat is the only other situation where it's going to be, you're in more control oh, yeah. than like a bear at a bait. Yeah. You're in absolutely more control because I can't, that cat cannot come down from the tree. No. It's not even going to move on you. No. Right. It might walk around the tree as you walk around the tree, maybe, but you're going to have, like you said, all the time in the world yeah, to identify. You know they'll usually, they'll go in the, they'll usually go in a comfortable tree and if they're comfortable, they'll stay there all day. And if they aren't, if they do jump out of the tree, well, your dogs are right on those tracks. Yeah. But when so. you go to make your shooting opportunity, you know, just it's, it's, it's not a race. Like say there's no, like that Suffield a, elk hunt yeah. where it's like they yeah, open running. the gates and it's just like dust Man. and tires and yeah, yeah, gunshots yeah. and guys running. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so controlled it, it, that process works because yeah. you're not having you're not just wounding animals. No. Guys aren't wing shooting shit mm -hmm. because the cat's in the tree. Um, it almost works better that they're so limited in houndsmen right yeah. now. But you're so limited in cats. So if you bring the cats up, bring the houndsmen up, it's still a fair game for everybody. Yeah, I think so. And it gives guys like Dallas some some uh, well, some the more area sand to play in, right? For sure. Yeah, without a doubt, the area I was hunting in. When I was there, there was one male left and one female, I believe. And so we got on that track. We chased it and chased it and chased it, and dogs got mixed up, and we called it off. And one of the guys there, he was down near jumping up and down because he knew I was leaving. And if I would have killed that cat, he would have been done in that zone, right? So, and then he ended up killing one. Yep. He ended up killing one a couple of weeks later. And, you know, good for him. He got a great, great cat. And we're, but I'm lucky, right? Right out of our back door, we can look for tracks. And, and that's what we did this past weekend, but no luck. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to see more more opportunity for the houndsmen. Um, you know, just after experiencing this, it shed a whole new light on a different style of hunting that I never thought I'd really do. Yeah. Never thought I'd do. And, uh, yeah, it's something else. So pretty cool. Now we just got to see Lynx Hunt opened up here in Alberta. Yep, yep. <laughs> Lynx and Grizzly. Yeah, Grizzly too, right? Do, and so I... Do the I, Grizzly as a lottery. I though. actually seen a post on Facebook of a, an artist who is against the grizzly bear hunting. And he had a photo of a grizzly bear. And he said that the Alberta government is intending to open up a grizzly bear hunt. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, They're, uh, they're headlining it as a the trophy trophy hunt yeah whatever. that's what they're that's the identity they're that's putting the on identity it. yeah so i haven't that's heard anything narrative. about this but i seen this this guy post this yeah and uh, so that sort of intrigued me so we'll have to stay tuned with that and see if they do anything 
It would be so silly not to. Yeah. I mean, politics aside, conservation, northern living, even just mountain living, it'd be so silly not to let people start knocking these bastards off. In BC, man, it's a bit of a disaster there. Oh, BC is a write-off, in my opinion. When they did that, what was it, 2012? Has it been that long? Oh, no. I have no idea, man. Time flies. No, I think it, uh, it might have been. No, no, no I, I was guiding four, when they it did 14. it. was 14. Yeah, maybe 15. Right around there. Something like yeah. that. Anyway, a few years ago when they closed that off, no warning to anybody, you know, guys, outfitters that were exclusively grizzly bear guys, just shut your doors, Yeah. find something else to do. And, uh, and, <laughs> BC of all places, the mecca of grizzly bears. Yeah, it's crazy, man. All across the province, not just in one little corner. They have them all the way from the north all the way to the south. Yeah. Yeah, I know in a lot of those areas, they're just, they've always been flooded with bears. And now that there's no hunting, it's bad. And so it's, it's, it's killing any future for caribou. That, yeah. There's no future for caribou in, uh, in BC right now. And it's something that, that previous governments has worked very hard on to try and get a sustainable caribou population and herds in some of these areas. Cause there's, we know around here how delicate they are and um, yeah, grizzly bears, man, they, uh, they put a pounding on them for mm-hmm. sure. So predators got to be controlled and you know what? Humans are the only predator to predators. Yep. Like Especially we're the only natural predator. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we gotta you know keep this strong and uh, you know keep fighting for what we do and and just hope there's some common sense in in government. Well, there's not. <laughs> kind of. I know there isn't. I'm but so I'm so far bad. gone. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's ridiculous. But uh, you know we're fortunate in this province at least we seem to have a level-headed environmental gov- government or governor, whatever the hell his name is, yeah, yeah. Mr. Nixon there. Yeah. He uh you know he respects hunting and. And the way of life of a lot of these people up here, and if we can maintain that, you just can't can't take it away. It's it's no. people literally still feed themselves this way here. Oh, for sure, right? And and other places, yeah. You know, specifically in the north, though. Yeah. Um, you go all the way across our our country. Once you get to those northern regions of any of the provinces, oh yeah, people are eating moose for sure, eating grouse, eating ducks and geese, eating fish. Um, and a good significant portion of those people, large significant portion, can't or don't buy stuff at the grocery store. No. Because yeah. it, it's not affordable. Yeah. No, that's... Um, yeah, and you know what? we You got to give everyone the opportunity, too. You can't just give one one area or one group of person the opportunity. Everyone's got to give be given the opportunity to live the life they want to live. And um, if you're not hurting, yeah, anybody, we just gotta keep fighting yeah. for our freedoms, man. Just, it's getting yeah. scary. But see, we're living in a crazy country. <laughs> we're we're in the best province of a shitty country. Yeah, right that's true. Yeah, if there's any if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, it's at least we're Alberta pretty much stands strong. Yes, you know Albertans are Saskatchewan's good too. Yeah, Saskatchewan's really level headed. Um. And anyone else listening, <laughs> I know you're level-headed too, but there's just some well, provinces, just, some provinces like, in this country that I don't know why they, you know, well, elect the people they elect. And full circle back to the make. tribal thing, right? It's just Alberta, people in Alberta were kind of this 
we sort of we're this all this little team and everybody yeah. just is really proud to be Albertan and yeah. And uh, yeah, just like Canadians have always always been so proud to be Canadian. Yep. You know, like my great grandfather fought for this this country, as I'm sure most people listening. You know, you have someone in your family that did. And, um, you know, we were always told in, in school and, and by them that, you know, they fought for our freedom. So we had the freedoms we have. Yep. And this past year, man, you know, I don't know what the hell my great-grandfather would be saying, but I don't think he'd be very happy with what's going on. No, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of old fellers that played, they paid, put paid their, a lot they of sacrifice died. that they are rolling, their over, their, the rolling over in their graves right now. Just it's, because it's of, just awful, man. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. a, it's a crazy time we live in and, and, uh, it's change induced by fear, manufactured yeah. fear. Yeah. Right, uh, all of a sudden we're just scared of the air, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's and if crazy. it's not the air, it's something else. But we love talking hunting, guys, and uh, we'll be here again next week. Yep. We've got a very exciting podcast. We're gonna do another one with Manny Schneider. We're gonna try to at least, and that might be the first one we film. Mm-hmm. So uh, tune into that, guys, and let's wrap her up before yep. we dive too deep. Yeah, we're getting there. political, so <laughs> let's save that for the next one. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later.